Welcome to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello and thank you very much for choosing to listen to this QMS podcast. I'm Mark Stephen. This series has been all about health. We've looked at topics like metabolic profiling, the importance of colostrum, how to improve neonatal survival rates in lambs and calves. Basically, it's been all about the animals. But there's another important aspect of welfare that we haven't touched on at all, and that's human health. Unless you, as the livestock manager, are hale and hearty and fit for purpose, that's kind of bound to have an impact on the welfare of your stock and on the effectiveness of your business. So I'm joined today by Chris McVeigh, Welfare Manager for the RSABI, formerly the Royal Scottish Agricultural Benevolent Institution. Now, they provide practical, emotional and financial support to anyone involved in the Scottish agricultural industry. Hello, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Mark. Thanks very much. And Hannah McIntosh has got two degrees. Her first one is in counselling and psychotherapy. And she's got a second one in human-animal interaction. She grew up in agriculture and runs a small farm with her husband, farming Hertwick sheep and Shetland cattle. She's worked alongside the RSABI for three years, delivering some of the counselling sessions through her own private practice, Chala Psychotherapy. Welcome to you too, Hannah. Thank you for having me. Chris, I'm going to start off with you. In the context of farming and human health, what are we mainly talking about here, physical or mental health? I think it's a bit of both. We all know that, that working in agriculture takes a physical toll in everybody's body um, and it can wear you down, um, both physically and mentally for that. And over the years, it will definitely have an impact on your ability to, to get out and about and, and look after your stock. Um, I think for looking at the busier times of the year, when a lot of, of farms are maybe not taking on staff, they're, they're relying on themselves to do all the, the graft, the weather's been poor, it's maybe not gone as well as it has done in previous years. It can really have a, an impact on your mental health as well. So it's a combination of, of both physical and mental, I would say. And often one will have an impact on the other, especially as you're getting older and you're maybe not as, as I say, fit as you once were. And there's maybe a realisation that you can't do all the jobs maybe as quick or as, as, as maybe the best of your abilities you once were able to do. Getting on like that can be, can be tough to accept. And, you know, going back to it as well, not having as much help as well as maybe in previous years as well um, can really have an impact in kind of putting all that pressure on yourself, especially during busier times of the year. So I think physical and mental kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time. The term psychotherapy, Hannah, you know, that, that I could imagine that could be quite scary to some folk involved in farming. It means when people come to you, are they nervous? Are they apprehensive? Yeah, I think it's it's normal to be nervous. Um, I think there's so much stigma around mental health in particular and, and asking for help. And, and you know, the, just the prospect of going away and, and talking to somebody about your mental health and what's going on for you. And I think that's why it's, it's important that, you know, whoever you're speaking to, you feel as though you've got some kind of rapport with them and you you've got something in common perhaps and, and you can build up a bit of a relationship. And, and, and actually often what people find is, really quickly after that first conversation there's nothing to worry about actually you know I can talk to Hannah and, and she understands and she gets it and 
I can use a bit of the same language with them and, and you know, kind of chat a little bit about about my farm or, or about the weather or whatever it is. And then suddenly kind of all that anxiety melts away a little bit and, and people come to realise that actually all that psychotherapy is, is having somebody who's impartial, who's not going to judge you, who's not going to give you advice, but who is absolutely going to listen to you. And when people come to you, what tend to be the nature of their problems? The biggest one really is stress, um, and that takes a, for, you know, a, a lot of different forms. Um, I think you know, farming is, is stressful. Agriculture is a stressful industry to be in, and, and that's not getting any better. Um, and I think you know, financial stress, relationship stress, even just things like weather or the price of fertilizer or whatever it is that's going on, you know, it just all all piles up. And and I talk a lot about how how people can manage the stress and, and how they can kind of try and, and limit the stresses a little bit. But what often happens is that stress accumulates and turns into anxiety and um, depression and low mood. I very rarely get stressed, Chris. It's just, it's not something I suffer from on a regular basis, but when I do, it is always when I know that there's not enough time to do a job properly or, or when I'm not fully in control of a situation. I'm sure farming's no different. No, and absolutely not. As I think as we, we can all relate to as well, it's, as, as Hannah mentioned about the weather, you know, it can completely knock you for six and, and put jobs back that you were maybe planning and doing, and then you're, you're running behind and, no, agriculture, I assume it's like that on a day-to-day basis, really, for a lot of things. And it's just how you manage that stress. I think, you know, in my role as well, as welfare manager, on a day-to-day basis, no days is, is the same. Um, you often start on a Monday and then you maybe get an emergency and it knocks your whole week off. So I can I can relate to that in one aspect. And I think the way that I kind of began to cope with that, because it, it threw me for, for six as well, is to accept it, to accept that there's going to be these things that happen that you don't expect. It's the unexpected things that can drive that stress. But I think when you're involved in agriculture, it's important to try and accept that as much as you can and then prioritise it, whether what unexpectedly has happened is a priority or can you just focus on other things that are maybe take priority over that and then come back to it. So... It's great to hear, Mark, that it's not something that you kind of come up against and, and, and you're able to deal with that. But there's a lot of people out there that just one thing on top of the other and that builds and builds. And is, is I think pressure and stress can, can make us work a bit effectively sometimes and it, and it kind of motivates us as well. But as Hannah said, it's when that pressure and stress turns into anxiety and that's when we've got a problem. So it's really important to reach out to, to, you know, to the likes of ourselves or Hannah to, to talk things through and, and gain a wee bit of perspective. As you've said, Hannah, you're not there to give advice as a psychotherapist or as a counsellor, um, but th- there must be practical tips, uh, strategies that you can suggest. Yeah, so I talk a lot about, about stress management and I talk a lot about prioritising. One of the, the big things that I spend probably about 90% of my time talking to people about is is about their expectations of themselves and 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 thinking about you know what is a reasonable expectation of them of of themselves i think as human beings we are really really hard on ourselves by nature and i think that's probably you know ramped up a little bit within within 
the, the farming industry because of 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 how much is at, at stake really you know so often people will be very critical they'll be very tough on themselves they'll have really unreasonable expectations about what they can achieve in in any given period and so you know we talk a lot about about managing those expectations setting realistic goals things like self-compassion and self-care are really important themes that that kind of sometimes I have to have to kind of be quite firm with people about and say you know we need to look at this because you know there's the 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 saying of fit your own oxygen mask before helping others if if you're not doing all right how on earth are you gonna get through that to-do list but it's a really difficult thing to do if you spent your life looking after stock and, and basically prioritizing their needs their welfare to suddenly turn around and say actually no you start you need to start taking more care of yourself first that's a that's a hard sell yeah it is it's a really difficult thing and, and people really struggle with it and and it's not that we're saying right you know you you're at the top of the priority list and everything else comes second it's about saying you're at the top of the priority list alongside everything else and 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 finding those priorities and and being realistic with yourself and with your time and knowing when when to ask for help as well and i think sometimes the big thing is accepting that the to do list is never done and there is stuff that you can just leave and we pick up another day and it's not the end of the world. It's maybe not what you would want ideally, but it's also not the end of the world. And, and sometimes really important things like taking an hour out of your day to have a meal with your family actually is as much of a priority as fixing the fence that has been sitting waiting for a week. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, have, I have a very good friend, John, Chris, who's a few years older than me and I'm no spring chicken. Um, and he's got a cartoon up in his fridge door, which basically says the major cause of accidents in old men is them thinking they're young men. The, the passage of time, it's, 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 you've got to deal with it, but it's a hard one again. No, and I, I absolutely is. And we see on a, a daily basis, you know, a lot of farmers and crofters out there who they are passionate about what they do. It really comes across. You know, I love listening to people about how passionate they are about what they do and how much enjoyment they get out of it a lot of the time as well. But there gets to a stage in life where you're maybe not able to do what you once were able to do, as you said, Mark, and it can have a really knock-on effect onto your stock. And, and, and that's what we always say, you know, is behind a lot of animal welfare issues is a, is a human welfare issue. And the, the kind of theme that tends to come across more often than not is it's somebody who, you know, has, has maybe, you know, gotten older and they're, they're not able to do what they, they once were able to do, but they're, they're really passionate and they're really pride. You know, they've got a lot of pride in what they do and, and that can be a big barrier for a lot of people. It's their, their pride. It's that kind of realisation, I suppose, that, time is ticking on and it's they've, they've, they've devoted their life to something and you know the thought of not doing that anymore really scares them and they, they kind of think to themselves what am I going to do and we we talk you know we spend a lot of hours on the phone to, to, to people who are in that situation trying to get them to think about things outside of farming you know spending more time with their family maybe taking that holiday that they've put off for, for years or decades and kind of gaining that wee bit more perspective about just because one chapter's finishing, the next chapter can begin. And it's and it's kind of taking stock on that. Um, so no, it is a really difficult one. 
and I, I can totally kind of understand. But um, that's why we, we spend a lot of time talking these things through with people. Nobody's suggesting for a moment, Hannah, that you know because you've got mental health issues, because you're suffering from stress or things are getting on top of you, your animals will necessarily suffer. But I mean, th- there is a very clear linkage between human health and good animal welfare. Personally, I don't like those television programmes, you know, that tends to be animal welfare charities. You know, they go in and the place is an absolute cope and it's terrible. Nine times out of ten, I find myself sitting there thinking, this person needs help, never mind the puppies. Absolutely. I think, you know, a a farm is made up of of people and, and, and these are people's lives and people's entire lives often, you know, when, when, when you're, you're working within agriculture, your family is within there, your friends are within there, everything that you do, even your downtime is, is within that, that sector. And often people's hobbies are tied up with, with the day jobs and, it fundamentally is about the person at the at the center of that and and that's why it's so important that that people have somebody to talk to who gets it somebody who who understands somebody who speaks their language somebody who is there to listen and is not going to judge is not going to you know pass comment or make assumptions and and is there you know to to hear and and validate what they're experiencing because it's hard and it, and some of the choices that people have to make are painful and and it's useful to have somebody who recognizes that and and will sit with them whilst they they get there how do you talk people through those choices chris because you know the weather's going to be the weather the cost of fertilizers probably going to be worse next year more than anything else um you know the the, the the lambs and the calves will keep on coming etc so when you when you're sitting with somebody on the phone trying to offer them practical advice and assistance what on earth are you saying to them <laughs> that uh, or uh, you know it all depends on everybody's circumstances are different so we, we try and go through i suppose a, a process of elimination so an important thing to ask somebody when they come to us for support is if we could wave a magic wand, you know, what would be the best outcome for them? What are they looking for? And we kind of start off with that. And then through process of elimination, we, we kind of get to a route forward. But we have other tools at our disposal. We work really closely with, with stakeholders and partners. We can arrange a business review for somebody, for instance, through our, our, our partnership with Farm Advisory Service relatively quickly and get a consultant out on farm to, to kind of go through the books, go through the practicalities of things and, and come up with some recommendations and suggestions. If there is a you know a financial element, we, we can get support through there as well by getting in touch with chartered accountants and, and, and other professions like that too. But yeah, often it is bringing a bit of reality to the situation as well because somebody's number one outcome that they're most hopeful of getting just isn't realistic. And that's difficult for somebody to hear. And we, we're we very compassionate about how we go about that, but we're always coming at it for the point of view is we want the best outcome for that individual. And if there's not going to be that number one solution isn't going to be achievable, then we, we kind of need to bring that sense of reality into the picture. See, that, that that seems eminently sensible to me, Hannah, because, you know, it, it, the sense of reality in the picture or, or change in the perspective, getting someone's mind away from the idea that somehow looking after themselves is a failure, it's a surrender, it's, it's less than they were 10, 20 years ago, something along those lines, and actually say, no, long term, this is actually going to benefit your business and the animals in that farm. 
Yeah, it's a no-brainer, really. But I think when you're stuck in in that cycle of I've got to get all these things done, the bank man's you know maybe baying at my door. I've you know I've got 101 jobs to do. I've got to get sheep away. It's really hard to prioritize yourself and see yourself as as an important wheel in that cog and 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 I guess that's what the, the counseling does predominantly is is to give a person a space to take a step back and kind of be able to look at themselves and say okay this is actually what I need and and hear that you know a lot of a lot of the the, the counseling work is is around reflecting back people's feelings and 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 noticing you know you feel really angry about that or you feel really stuck with this or this feels like a really difficult hopeless situation or you're really challenged by by a decision that you've got to make and and it's only by by that person having the space to think really and and take a deep breath and see the situation from a different perspective that they can then make a decision about okay what is it that's right for me and what is it that's right for my farm and my family on that subject do people tend to turn to their families for help um, I think that's quite that's quite dependent. I think you know, yes, in in some senses, and and no, in others. I think you know, again, it's a little bit a little bit tied up with people feeling you know like they might be a failure, or people feeling sometimes guilty that they're leaning on the family because the family have got such a lot on their plate. And you know, again, it's just about having the space to talk that through and kind of come up with their own solutions and their own path forward through through whatever it is that they they're going through. That was quite an impressive list, Chris, that you went through of, of practical assistance that's on offer from RSABI, you know, with the farm's advisors and accountants and everything else, etc. If people are beginning to feel they need help or they want somebody just to talk, talk it over, see if they need help, how do they get in contact with you? Well, we have a, a helpline that they can contact us on is. 0300-111-166. That helpline is available from 7 in the morning until 11 at night, 365 days of the year. So MD can pick up the phone, have a chat with, with one of our uh, helpline staff and just talk things through. If they are worried about themselves, they can get in touch. But also, you know, if somebody is worried about a family member, a colleague, a neighbour, you know, we do get that a lot as well. So you know, people do phone up because they're worried about somebody. But usually, you know, if they're worried about their mental health and we are more than happy, you know, to help, but we just need consent from that person to make sure that they're happy for us to get in touch with them. So that's all that we ask is for consent and then to pass on their contact details and then we'll, we'll get in touch. Chris, thank you very much for speaking to me today. Could you just give me that telephone number again, please? Do it slowly. Yeah, it's 0300 111. And that's the helpline for RSABI. Chris McVeigh, thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thank you, Mark. And Hannah McIntosh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you found this podcast useful. Until the next one, I'm Mark Stephen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, 
Instagram or Twitter. <laughs>